Off the Ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. Catch all the sports you love free on the Air Sport Pack with Air Broadband. Things took a bit of a turn yesterday. Dublin put 4.29 on Westmead, beat them by 31 points. After the match, Jim Gavin and Dublin declined to speak to all broadcast media. Instead, everybody was brought into the main um, press conference room where the print media were and Gavin sat down and said that he wanted to talk about the coverage of the Connolly situation. In fairness to him, he said right off the bat that he accepted you can't put your hands near an official. He said Jim Connolly accepted you can't put your hands near an official. And then he outlined his concerns over the media coverage. What concerned me was um, the way his, his, I suppose his good name was attacked uh, before we even saw the referee's report. And, uh, you know, Freedom of expression, you know, it's one of our one of the rights in the, in the republic, but it's not absolute. Um, each individual has its own right, and uh, you know, I, I believe that his good name um, uh, was was affected by that. Um, you know, we had the national broadcaster in their post-match review, um, both Pat Spillane and and Conor, particularly Pat, you know, read out a predetermined statement, um, which was disappointing, particularly both of our teachers. You'd, you'd, would hope that you understand about you know that people do make mistakes and that um, uh, and that due process should be allowed before you, we we become judge, jury, and executioner in, in one particular instance. Um, you know we saw in Sky Sports the rule book being read out against them. So very you know supporters have come to me and asked me what's going on and why is this unbalance happening and I'm really kind of struggling to give them a balanced and and, and, and proportionate answer. Um, but. Uh, uh, he said it was it was my decision to, to, to pursue it with the CHC to get their opinion on it, um, and we've received advice from senior counsel that if this went to arbitration, you know the, the case wouldn't hold. But you know Dermot didn't want that to happen. Uh, he just wanted to move on, and uh, in the best interest of the team, that's that's what he decided to do. 24 hours in before the referee's report was 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 signed off, um, and there was a, there was a I suppose not a media campaign, but it had got a lot of traction in the media. And I said I think his good name was. More, more importantly, the, you know, the right that he has as an individual in the Republic, I think his good name was certainly uh, uh, was certainly attacked. I think they made their decision by 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 um, by not acting at, the, at that particular time, um, and that's what the rule book says. It clearly states that, and you know, the CHC in their deliberation said it, it would be would have been uh, preferable, and that was the quote they used if the linesman had brought the attention to the referee, but he didn't, and the rule book clearly states that. The game needs to be officiated in the game. I said, I'm not condoning what happened. That's not the point. Um, what happened thereafter, the, 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 the assault on, on, on his good name um, and the attack on his good name, that, that's what I didn't like. Dermot has put his hand up and said, you know, it was a mistake and he's, he's, he was prepared to accept the suspension. From my part, I have a duty of care to the player and I firmly believe that he, there, was, there was an attack on his good name. And I said, I said you, um, the freedom of expression, the freedom of opinion, it's... You know, it's an important part of our constitution, important part of the republic, but it's not absolute. You know, you, you can't attack somebody's uh, good name unwarranted, and I believe it was in this instance. So that's Jim Gavin yesterday. We've got James Horne and Michal Quirk on the line. Just some of the points that struck us about what Gavin said, lads. He's talking there about his good name being attacked, and so that's a, effectively an accusation of slander. I don't think Connolly was slandered or defamed here. He said it was unwarranted. I mean, the reason Connolly was being discussed is because he did push 
a linesman, so I don't know if it's unwarranted. The point about how Spillane or Sky Sports talked about the incident before the referee's report just seems daft. I mean, when have television or pundits generally held off discussing an incident until the referee's report when it's live on television and there for everybody to see. I mean, that just seemed nonsensical. And he wasn't happy with Sky consulting the rule book and checking what the ban is or what the rule is on physically interfering with the referee. I don't, I, like, there's absolutely no issue with that. So just argument after argument didn't really seem to make much sense, Michal. I don't know what you made of it. I mean, I, I again, I, I've never come across Jim Gavin in person. I've, I've never met the guy. All I know about him is, is what I've seen on TV. And, and he always gives the impression that he's a very calculated, thoughtful kind of a character that, you know, when he speaks, he, he knows exactly you know what he's saying and, and the ramifications that are going to come from that. And I, I just couldn't get over how, 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 how rattled he seemed, how, you know, absurd the argument he was making that, that really did very little for his player or his group of players other than reignite a fire around Dermot Connolly that had been quenched a couple of weeks ago. And, and he, he just rehashed the whole thing when, when really it was, it was pretty unnecessary to do so. And, I mean, some of the stuff about his, his good name, I mean, it, it was just nonsensical stuff. I mean, I, I watched back the, the, the night that Pat Spillane and, and um, Colm O'Rourke spoke about the incident, and I actually thought they were fairly measured and, and, and well within their rights to, to talk about the rules that, that you know, he, he obviously broke when, when pushing um, the linesman and stuff. And I, I really just thought it was it was absurd and, and it was unnecessary. And the only thing that, that kept coming into my head is this guy is too clever and he's too cute to just to just do this, you know, on a whim. This was obviously something that was thought about and it was organised and was calculated, and and he must be doing it for a purpose. And and it has to be something bigger than 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 what we saw yesterday. It has to be a kind of a you know one of these rallying causes, guys, and and a, you know embed the siege mentality for a team that's trying to do something really special and win three All Irelands in a row. Is this going to be their their cause or their crusade this year? And it has to be something like that because I don't even believe that Jim Gavin believes what he said yesterday because. I mean, effectively, he took all the blame away from Dermot Connolly and placed it on Pat Spillane. But, I mean, Pat Spillane never put his hands on any linesman. He never pushed the guy. You know, the, the blame here for a 12-week you know, suspension lies with Dermot Connolly, mm. with, with Jim Gavin's player. And, and to try and, you know, abdicate him of that responsibility and put it on a pundit or put it on a campaign of punditry against him, his player or his team, I, I just think has, you know, holds no water at all. James, the argument absurd was the word Mick used? Yeah, well... I think what Mick is saying is right as regards Jim Gavin and having this a measured, logical approach. This is about more than Jeremy Connolly, I would say, for for Jim Gavin. It It is to do with where this Dublin team are and where they're trying to go and what they're trying to achieve this year, which is, in, in, in the modern game, is, is something absolutely phenomenal, achieving three in a row. And Jim Gavin, I, I in my opinion, is, is setting this up um, to to sort of, number one, I'd say, protect his players and, and Jeremy Connolly. And, Whichever way you look at it, you know, Jim McConley, I think we all agreed was wrong what he did and all that kind of this is it has been hard on Jim McConley. The amount of um I suppose press inches that he, he generates. You, you know, for whatever reasons. I, I, so it has to be hard on him in, uh, at a personal level. Mm. So you know, and, and that's Jim McConley's an integral part of that Dublin team and, and other players and colleagues would, 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 would have you know, maybe worried about Jim and how it is and what's gonna to happen to them as it gets further down the road. So that's that's the way I'd look at what what Jim Gavin is trying to do. There is, you know, there is some merit in protecting his players, um, standing up for his players. You know, from a man, a complete manager point of view of, of that team. Some of, some of the points he made, I, I agree with Mick. I think are are a little are a little far fetched. 
you know, I, I, I think, I think the, you know, Sky Sports holding up the rule book, I think is obviously fair. It's what it is. And I, I think any of the immediate match commentary or a commentary that was the following day was pretty balanced. Um, I actually you know, got the impression that Spillane and O'Rourke, their attitude on the Sunday game the following evening was one of, oh, look, he was really stupid and maybe 12 weeks is going to be very harsh, but look, rules is rules. And, you know, it's just one of those things. He's going to be slapped with it and they're going to have no choice. It wasn't banging the table and screaming and saying it was an outrage. I mean, that was not the the mood of it. I thought the only line where maybe you could argue his good name was attacked, and that's Jim Gavin's word, is where Spillane said, if you poke Connolly, he always reacts. Yeah. And maybe maybe you could argue that Connolly doesn't always react, but that's a fairly minor detail. I just thought it's really strange for Gavin to reignite this whole thing. I mean, I, I don't well, know. There, there's, uh, no, there, there, there has to be a logic for, for Jim Gavin. You know, inside in the team, and Mike knows this as well, inside, you know, whatever that mood is in that camp or whatever the mood they're trying to generate or where they're trying to get to, sometimes the manager or management team will decide a, an avenue to go down, whether, you know, the siege mentality is, again, as was mentioned, or is, is, is around, or, or just some players need to, you know, need to connect or need to get stronger together and feel that management and everyone is in this together and mm-hmm. they've all sort of worked up to, you know, that's, that's the only logic I can put on to look into it because if you take it in isolation, the little bits and pieces, Jim was wrong, but it is, uh, you know, uh, we're taking Jim Gavin's point that he, that he knows that. The rules, the CCC sat down and did it, and they, uh, they've, they've hopped on board as well. Some of the RTE pundits then have, have added a spice. You know, it's, it's this spiraling thing out of yeah. control now, but Jim was very clear, I think, in what he was trying to do for, for, for his team. I wonder, and it can happen, you know, group think being what it is, that... Jim Gavin, the Dublin team, Dublin fans, everybody they're all surrounded with will start, you know, and Joe Brawley was writing a few articles saying how due process hadn't happened. It can just set in that people are saying, yeah, he was harshly treated. Yeah, he was. And people start agreeing with each other. And and there's no dissenting voice in there to almost say, well, hang on a second here. He wasn't that harshly treated. Like, I wondered if there's a part of Gavin that actually does believe it, that does think that Dermot Connolly has been harshly treated here. And, And sometimes when you're insulated from anybody stepping back and, and pointing out the facts unemotionally, you can almost start to believe it. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I don't think that's the case. I really don't. I, I think the guy the guy has been, you know, I mean, what he what he has done for Dublin and, and, and like, fine, he's got talented players and they're athletic and they've done a, but but the sustained kind of hunger and, and, and the level they've played at requires an, a, an incredible group of, you know, at management level to actually get the most out of those guys over such a sustained period of time, which they've done now. So, like, he, he ain't no clown. Like, he, he isn't he isn't after after just waking up yesterday morning now and kind of deciding, I'm not going to talk to the broadcast media because I feel they're wrong, my guy, in the Sunday game, and I'm not going to talk to them. This is something that he has thought out and, and has clear an idea, a clear idea in his head of, of what this is going to do for them later in the year. And I, I just don't, I, you know, I mean... Do you, do, you like, think and, the, do you think the arguments are almost so silly that it could backfire? That's, uh, you know, the smart players in that dressing room, in that Dublin team, do you think any of them are looking on at this thinking, this is just crazy what we're trying to argue here? I, I think, they, like even some of the Dublin supporters, I, I think are, are a little bit embarrassed by it. You know, of course you're going to have the hardcore guys who are saying fair play to him, he's yeah. backing us up, and 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 you see, I, I just see it as as like a team going for a three in a row is just something that's that's utterly, you know, nearly impossible to get your head around. And he is he is now after throwing something at them completely different that they have not seen from Jim Gavin before. Yeah. Jim Gavin was always this measured, cool guy in front of the media. Now he's he's probably himself after taking a little bit of a hit here to kind of show his players, look, lads, 
I don't care about these boys. You're, you're, you're my guys, and I'll go to war with you fellas. And, and he's really after showing them something different. Now, that's the only plausible explanation that I can come up with. Mm. I mean, like, there was none of this stuff last year when, when Kieran Whelan went on a little rant on, on the Sunday game after the All-Ireland final with Mayo before the replay and, and highlighted, you know, Lee Keegan as, as the instigator and implored the officials in the replay to, to really look out for the, you know, for the instigator of this and went on to show a little package of, of Keegan being, I suppose, the main protagonist in a lot of the grappling stuff with Connolly. And, and you, know, you know, what happens a week later in the replay, Keegan gets himself a black card within, within 20 minutes or whatever it was. You know, there was no outrage of, yeah. of, of, of campaigns against these guys then. So, like, I it just, you know, and the stuff about the, the referee's report. I mean, I, I remember I played in the Munster final with Tomasi eh, in 2010, where, where he, he elbowed a couple of Limerick guys in the head. And it was, the game was on TV3 TV and, and he was wiped out at half time. We knew he wasn't going to be playing for about three months after the game. Yeah. And it was never picked up by referees. So, yeah. like, this stuff about referees' reports, uh, and everything, like, it just. I, I mean, I, have you ever seen a pundit or James, you've been on TV yourself and you couldn't comment properly on an incident like this until you saw the referee's report? Like, I, I that was just. I just couldn't believe he was saying that with a straight face. I want, like, so, like. Um, Michal's very convincing there the way he outlines Gavin doing something different throwing something different at this group going for three in a row the one thing is though they've just been in a super performance against Westmead which we can talk about they're a long way until September I mean are you going to sustain this siege mentality all the way through and still be cribbing about this whole thing all the way through until September Like, I mean it's a, it's a difficult thing to start now and maintain James yeah, no, no, I don't think so. You, you know, maybe, again, we're, we're we're guessing. You know, you don't know unless you're in the group or, yeah. or in the camp or whatever. But we're definitely trying. I think he's trying to just make sure all forces are aligned, everything's right, everything's together. One of our guys was taking a lot of flack in the press. Let's let's rally around him and let's get stronger as a group. All, you know, all that kind of stuff that that that, that a lot of teams do. But you know, you, you you'll probably see it go to ground now. You know, um, as you prepare for 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 Kildare and and, and the Leinster title and, and and further field. And you know, I suppose, but you know, what Jim Gavin marking the cards of some of the journalists as well that you can't say or write what you want. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, and again, it's 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 Jim giving an opinion and how how strong or how people interpret it. But it, there's definitely something that he's trying to yeah. um, guide or direct or, or or for later on the year. But but I think you know, even today, I see a couple of is out that you know Mike Darren McCauley is back and, and, and some of the injured guys are back so the news coming out of and, and, and moving on already the, the, the Dublin machine I think Yeah they um, beat Westmead by 31 points record winning margin in the end they put 4.29 on the Mick Westmead could not have been more compliant or played more into Dublin's hands I put it to you if they had tried yeah, yeah, they probably, you know, they, they got a little bit of criticism, I suppose, in their last two outings against Dublin, you know, for being overly defensive and, and not really giving themselves any chance of winning the game. You know, they probably just tried to contain and, and keep the score down without really ever having any chance of, you know, winning the game. But yesterday, they probably got caught in, you know, saying we can have a bit of a cutoff from here, lads, and maybe they've come back to the pack a small little bit. And, you know, what they showed yesterday was... You know they don't need any any side shows or, or parlor tricks. Th- th- these guys, even without so many guys like Flynn and Michael Dara and yeah. you know Bernard Brogan, that's starting. You know they, they, they're just they're still the team to beat by a long way. And and the thing that really just that I I just really admire about them more so than than all the talent and all the athleticism and everything else is just their absolute ruthlessness to go and just eviscerate teams when they have the opportunity. These these minnows that that come into their patch in Croke Park yeah. and they say look. 
you know, instead of beating you by seven or eight or ten points, we're we're absolutely going to tear you asunder. And, and it's not even that they're competing against the likes of Westmead. They're they're competing against themselves and and trying to reach their own standards. And you see, like Paul Mannion yesterday, kicking eight points. Yeah. And 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 that leaves Bernard Brogan in the in the middle of the Hogan stand with a scowl in his face and 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 you know a bit of fire in his belly to come out and actually do something when he gets on the pitch. And that's what they're competing at. And you know, it's 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 scary that that, that you can be that that good for, for so long at that level, you know? Yeah, the Westmead, James largely went man for man. There was no designated sweeper as such. They kept four forwards up at all times. Tom Cribben spoke afterwards. He was explaining the uh, the tactics as opposed to what they did in 2015 and last year. I'll be honest, if you ask the top managers, and probably in my heart, I knew we needed to play two sweepers. I knew we needed to play with a defensive game planned and you're breaking and hoping to get a lucky goal or two and stuff like that. And nobody wanted us to, they, you know, everyone wants to see, are they good enough? But like, and the lads wanted to themselves see where are we at. Can we take them on? Can we do this with one sweeper? And you, you need serious pace and mobility everywhere to take them on. You know, I, I knew that. I knew, you know, uh, they played two rounds of their club championship between the break of the league and... Uh, their first round with Carlo and then it was down in, in Port Leash, maybe out of their preferred venue but still um, you know Carlo did what we did the first two years lock up shop like bring 12-13 men behind the ball and if you do that to a decent team you know yeah sure if they get 8-10 points ahead of you they're going to stay ahead they're not going to overkill themselves if there's loads and loads of bodies in there they're just going to kick points from a distance if they can And uh, but you won't beat them you'll hold the score down and we didn't want to go out and try and hold the score down today. We wanted to see where are we, you know. James, what you make of that? I knew what we were doing was wrong, effectively. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Listen, Tom Cribben, I don't get him. Oh. I, I don't get him as, as 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 a manager. What 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 he's talking about was it was it him that decided how to play, or was it the players decide how to play, or did they just go out and what happened? That's that's a very it's odd. What, Unusual yeah. interview, and and I, I know he gave all his Dublin notes to Turlock O'Brien, who was mentioned today's paper as well. So so um, I I don't know. I, I think Tom is coming out with a lot of stuff there um, that that you know doesn't make sense to me. Maybe he needs to look at how they prepared, how he, he and his management team prepared the team as well. But the point I would like to make, yeah. um, and I think I think it's important um, in the the climate of. You know, all up, all defend, thirteen behind, fourteen up, fifteen down, whatever. It's football is still about having basic skills and decision making based on 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 what you see. So yesterday, whatever way uh, for me, uh, Westmead played or set up, they they still would have been hammered, and maybe more than they were last year, even if they went all defensive. Because you know, when you look at some of the initial scores, particularly in the first half that Dublin got, yeah, you know, when Eric Lowndes set up um, for, for the goal. Um, yeah. he walked through three or four tackles. And th- like the tackling was wrong position, hands, arm, you know, arms tackling, la- there was a lack of effort into them, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's awful important that, you know, besides this, I, I didn't think in me gut myself that we should have gone that way, we should have played. So that's the manager speaking now. What about looking at how they played within the basic elements of the game that no matter how you set up are vital? You know, when you get the ball... If you have everyone back and you're you're breaking, there's a fast break on. You need to make sure that the hand passes into the sweet spot, that the the, the receiver that's taking it is taking it on the front foot, not that he has to wait for it and go behind and double get more men, all that kind of stuff. Do you know the point I'm making? I don't think yeah. that is looked at in the context of of what happened yesterday because 
you know what that, that's, not down, does, si- that, that's not down to the system that, that's going to if, if you're doing that stuff wrong you're screwed no matter what you're doing exactly anytime Dublin dropped the shoulder yesterday they lost the, the, the Westmead defenders way too easy for you know whether you're division 1, 2, 3 or 4 yeah. so, so I think that's where, where a lot of the folks need, need, needs to be Fair enough uh, your reaction to what Cribben said uh, Mick I mean, they, like this time last year they went in at half time 7 points to 6 down and then they conceded 2 early goals in the second half but I mean surely you stay in the game as long as you can. That's rule number one, regardless of the players wanting to test themselves or whatever the, the, the crib and logic was there. Because, you know, th- there is surely a difference between taking a 31-point beating and having nothing to build on and maybe going out and staying with Dublin for 40, 50 minutes and having something to build on and, and having your defensive setup tested properly for future games. They have nothing to work with now. No, and, and it did. It's, it sounded really, even before the game when he was speaking, you know, and there was kind of sound bites coming out that, you know, they were going to have more of a go. And, and you're thinking, look, you're Division 4 against the, you know, the, the finalists of Division 1, 23 league places in between you. Um, it's probably not a good idea in their home patch and the massive expenses of Croke Park to be saying we want to have a go. And um, I, I just think it was, it was, it sounded like he was saying, look, the players really demanded that we went out and had a more offensive try at this and that we, yeah. that we didn't be as, and that's a really, it's a strange kind of a thing that, that he'd be saying that after the game anyway and, and kind of more putting the blame on the players for wanting to play that way instead of playing the way he wanted to play. Yeah. Just, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But the game was always going to be a hammering. No, I don't think, I don't think they could have got a, if they, if they had tried to do what they did the previous two games and, and kept it tight for as long as they can, as like, like you're saying, I mean, you would, you would have taken happily a 10 or 15 point defeat there yesterday but 31 just leaves you in, in ribbons now heading into qualifiers where you really don't know what's your best way to do or where's your you know best personnel it's really it's it, it just made no sense what they tried to do in my opinion yeah um, I want to get Mick I know you watched a bit of down on Saturday but just one quick point James before that it's like it's, it's amazing how there is a rhythm across the the year to um, the talking points that we tend to have and in the month of June James the B championship discussion pops up and so after yesterday we're into B Championship discussion mode. Uh, and look, whether we do or, do, or don't go down the, the B Championship route, the bottom line is there has to be a wholesale change of everything. Club, county, tier championship, everything. It's not just, you know, it's, it, B Championship is very much in vogue now for the next month as the talking point. And, and that just misses the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, yeah, you know, um, this, <laughs> it sure does. It comes up every year. Um, and it usually involves Dublin and Leinster, Leinster yeah. games. Um but, but yeah, you know, thirty-one point defeat um, is it, pretty horrific in in, in in any game, you know. And well, you know what to do. The the, the, the provincial um, games are going to wait. You know the, the, the you know the monster titles. I, I I you know the Connacht, Ulster, Lens, I I can't see them being being gotten rid of. So that complicates it hugely. Yeah. Um, in in what the proposals are like, if you think take out the provincial um, titles. You know, you could have, you know, and I think this has been bad about before. It's one that I like is that, you know, you have eight teams of four and each in each of those eight groups, you have, you have a team from division one, two, three and four, you know, and, and the the top two in each of those groups then go into an A and the top or the bottom two go into a B sort of a championship. You know, so you have you have you have a division four would play a division three would play a division two and one, you know, so they, they'd be competitive games in there and the best teams would, would typically come through. So but you can't do that while maintaining provincial yeah. Titles as well, so that's where the crux comes. You know, the season ends too long and affects the clubs, and then if all the counties are involved longer, all the club will end up in heaps. So it's holistic right across the board. Needs to start probably at the club, mm. 
and work its way back up to what, what, what would be the best fit. Yeah. But it, it, it's going to take a lot of people a lot of time to figure that one out. We won't solve that tonight. Down then, we'll play Tyrone making the Ulster final on July 16th. They lost by 19 points last year to Monaghan, came out and beat them on Saturday. It was an amazing game. Down have really turned things around. Eamon Burns brought back a number of players. Darrow Hallin from Kilcoo and the Johnston brothers are in the team as well. There were amazing scenes. It was a, like a county everybody quite likes and with great traditions, playing a really good brand of football. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, you, you're talking about a B Championship before I jump off it. Yeah. I, I think the Championship has been fantastic so far this year, you know, and y- yesterday's game obviously was a kind of a punctuation mark on, on this whole B Championship talk, but it's like you you look at Down and Monaghan, people thought Monaghan were going to win that game comfortably and, and, and we had probably the, by far the shock of the season and, and probably the game of the season, mm. you know, and you look at games around Munster and, 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 and they're very close with Tipperary and Clare making improvements and, you know, like really, the, the, you know, Galway again in May or, or above in Connacht, like the Championship has after really improved I think this year to, to level that's you know most games now were really watchable whether you're from the county or not and mm. and you don't have many of these you know huge blowouts that we've been accustomed to in previous years now maybe it's just an anomaly this year but you know it, it's just the way it's been and and look at Tyrone's performance the previous week I mean we're getting we're getting brilliant football people are, have been moaning long enough about the, the negativity and the defensive tactics the game is just evolving now yeah. to a point where where teams are now able to be defensive and everybody's going to be defensive but now they're working on how, how do we go and break them down as well now and how do we how do we get that ball up there as quick as we can and get it to the right spots and get it over the bar and I think we, we're seeing that and, and like Downs you know progress has probably been as big a revelation as, as any county I mean they're they're on their knees at a juvenile level up to this year in terms of their minor and, and, and under 21 setup, and they've been really struggling to get anything going and I mean, this this is just an amazing crop. I don't think anybody even wanted to take that job as as manager of Down, and mm. and now now it's the hottest ticket in in, in Ulster, and, and it's great, it's brilliant. I I, I just think it's you know, Monaghan people were talking them up, and 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 what a qualifier that's going to be with with, with Benty and Wexford coming up as well. But it, it's just it's brilliant for football to see teams like Down and these other guys emerging, and and, and we always have one Bolter every year, and and this year with that performance. I don't think they'll they'll fear Tyrone. Maybe they won't beat them, but but they'll certainly put up a put up a good show. Off the ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. Catch all the sports you love free on the Air Sport Pack with Air Broadband.